Hi, this is Brad Humphrey, and today's podcast is To Filter or Not to Filter? That is the question. And joining me today again is Lonnie Fritz and Jason Hurtis, both subject matter experts with Caterpillar. Guys, how are we doing today? Good, Brad. How are you doing? Doing well. All right, good. We're also sponsored by ForConstructionPros.com and Caterpillar. So we're thankful for that sponsorship. Guys, today we want to get into a little bit more of the meat on really maintaining equipment, um, especially from obviously because of the technology. We've had several podcasts that people have access to on some of the new technology that Caterpillar has come out. But all that comes with the cost, of course, and labor and, and maintenance. Why would you make a great investment and then waste it away by not maintaining it? And as I looked at that today, as we talk, as we're going to talk about this, Caterpillar has so many good resources, and we've shared some of those over the past podcast before. What are some things that contractors really ought to be looking at in order to support an easier, it does support an easier equipment maintenance schedule? There's quite a few things to look at. One is um, the inter- the maintenance schedule or the interval. A lot of those have been extended. You know, uh, materials have changed as far as oils. Uh, fluids that you can run longer than what you had to before. You know, everybody in the past, you, you know, your dad told you change the oil in your car every 3,000 miles, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Well, now with synthetic oils and things like that, you can go 7,000. Sometimes you can just do a filter change and keep that same oil. Well, we have the same thing in the construction industry. So you need to pay attention to that. Even though oil and filters are cheap, it can add up if you're doing it more frequently than what you need to. So you need to pay attention to the manufacturer's recommendations on PMs. Technology, as far as ordering, a lot of that you can order online. You can have the PM kits, everything that you need, the filters, the oils, the belts. They get um, all that through their dealers as well. You get it all through your dealers, and it can be delivered right right to your job site and be sitting there waiting for you, you know, a day, two days before it actually clicks over to that hour meter. Okay, now hold on, Jason. Now you're telling me I can order this stuff, and I have it delivered to a job site, right? Correct. Who's going to do the actual maintenance? You can either use uh, a dealer tech. You can use one of your own techs, which leads us into some, I mean, we've talked about how hard it is to get operators. It's right. very hard to get technicians. You know, nobody right. wants to be a diesel mechanic that's today. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. So that that's making it even harder. We have customers that will hire um, techs from our dealers. They'll actually be called resident techs. So they'll go to that customer's job site every day from 8 to 10, do their, do their maintenance, then go to the next customer's job site from you know, 10 to noon, do their maintenance, and they'll hit three oh, or this four. this is great. I didn't know that. So, and sincerely, I didn't know. So, if I'm a new customer to Caterpillar, a dealership there, and I'm short of somebody in the office or in the shop that does maintenance, I can actually pay to have someone come out and meet meet the materials at the job site and make the maintenance, required maintenance changes? Absolutely. Well, yeah. They'll come right. We have field techs, obviously, like most sure. manufacturers, yeah. but a lot of customers will hire our field techs as resident techs. So they know every day, you know, Lonnie shows up between eight and 10 and he's going to take care of this, take gotcha. care of that. And and I have him for that two hours. I only pay for that two hours. And and then he's going on to supplement the, uh, you know, the diesel tech or the diesel mechanic shortage. That's a great way to get through some of this, Lonnie. And even from an aspect of, you mentioned, you know, do it with me, do it for myself. Right. <clears throat> do it myself, do it for me. Um, Caterpillar offers even on the equipment management solution side where we'll take fleets of equipment, you know, small fleets all the way up to large fleets and we'll manage those fleets from our monitoring centers on the machine health 
all the way from the fluids and filters all the way through, you know, before failures um, and, and cascade that information out to the customer, out to the dealers as we manage those fleets for well, them. Fleet management is a whole new science. Oh, it's in this huge. Industry, isn't it's it? huge. And, and it goes back to previous podcasts where we have a large volume of data. We can use, you know, any part of it, all of it. And, and that falls into the maintenance space too, you know, uptime again. Uptime is the key. It's the teeter-totter. We want the uptime up and the downtime down. And that largely is driven by how well or not well we maintain our fleet right. again. And, and it's an education these days. So in maintain that fleet, we need to understand, like Jason's mentioning, is all the different fluids that are out there. All filters are not created equal. Caterpillar, even within Caterpillar, we have different filters that you can purchase for your machines. We're eliminating a lot of the filters today. We are extending service intervals. We're reducing the volume of fluid that's on board for the machines, like the next-gen excavators that have 20% reduction in hydraulic fluid alone, a very sustainable solution. So there's a lot to be said out there um, as far as following past practices and the costs that that brings. Right. And on the other side, Brad, is, is not following the practices. Bingo. And being reactive. I don't know about yourself. I know you pretty well, Brad. I think you and I kind of sync up there. We're, we're more proactive side exactly. of things. We want to rotate the tires on our vehicle instead of running them with improper tread wear. Um, so things like that our customers are trying to do. And how do you take these large fleets? You know, I grew up in the industry. I walked around with a notepad recording our meter readings out in the snow and out in the rain many times in rain days. And now we can do that in a digital aspect, be more proactive. And, and again, educating ourselves on when is it we need to implement that telematics and those preventative maintenance well, measures. I want to come back to the telematics because I know we've used that in a couple of, we've heard that term in a couple of uh, other podcasts. And I think a lot of contractors that are familiar with Caterpillar or use Caterpillar equipment, they, they know the term. But I, I want to go back to something you said just a moment ago, because not too many years before you were out there in the field doing that, you know, I would walk around. We actually came up with a basic kind of like Jiffy Lube kind of 13-point or 18-point check sheet that we had our crews perform every day on every piece of equipment for fear of, of discipline if they went out there and took a piece of equipment that they had not done that quality check. And the where I'm going with that is this. Can you over-maintenance your equipment? Yeah. <laughs> is there such a thing? Sure. Sure you can. Yeah. And as we are, you know, we're, so to speak, raising the bar on sustainability, let's say, I just keep going back to going green and being sustainable. Right. I guess it's part of having an eight and 11 year old at home and thinking about their future, right. you know, on this, on this, in this world. But um, yes, you can or maintain. I have customer examples where they say, you know, the machines are an asset. They're an investment. And we're going to follow what we always known. It's 250 hours. You know, we know you have 500 hour interval on engine oil, let's say, and I'm just using this as an example. Sure. Please consult your O&MM, your operation and maintenance manual, owner's maintenance manual. But, um, you know, following those practices because that's what they're comfortable with. Um, again, to debilitate a machine, drop the oil in the filters at all costs, time and money. So you can over maintain, you can under maintain. Our recommendation is follow our guidelines as close as you can, as your shifts allow, as your schedules allow on your on your um, your job sites, what have you. I think it really comes down to Brad is having a protocol, having a process, right. and having somebody that's accountable mm -hmm. to that process. Mm -hmm. um, maintain the fleets. We know a lot of our contractors and customers stretch across states, even countries across the globe, and uh, it's it's very critical and it's paramount to have those processes in place. Jason, for most contractors that you've worked with, um, and I know, again, you represent Caterpillar and you're bringing that expertise, 
But how many contractors do you that you've worked with over the years actually had an SOP, a standard operating procedure, for something as simple as, as just maintaining of the equipment? And if they did have it, did they incorporate the equipment manufacturer's manual as a part of that that you're aware of? Uh, I would say five years ago, it was hit and miss. Yeah. And, and today, it's a lot more rigid. I mean, they do actually have a structure. They're using a lot of our... Uh, supplemental tools, CAT inspect app. So it's a, it's a uniform, it's a consistent inspection of the machine every day or at the end of a shift. That's being routed to the maintenance manager. He can see things that are going on, order parts ahead of time, order parts directly from our parts depot, have them ready. Um, they can take pictures from the app of, hey, this hose looks a little, looks a little goofy. Might want to look at that. And rather than the maintenance manager actually sending somebody out, he can look at the picture and say, I agree. I'm just going to go order another hose and get that here before it, before it breaks and shuts down the machine. So, again, you've seen a lot of the technology that we've talked about in other podcasts advancing in the same uh, maintenance arena, and it has to. The machine, the machines are smarter today than they've ever been. Um, they're a lot more difficult to maintain in some cases. I mean, you don't use a full set of wrenches anymore. The very first tool you go to is a laptop and a cable. Some of the technology that Caterpillar has added to the equipment, which is great, especially the the, the iPad like you know tool. What do you, there was a name you had that you used that in one of the other podcasts uh, on the digital? Yeah, the hardware kind of thing. Yeah, and the product link. Yeah, the product link. On the machine. Are those are those as costly? More costly to maintain? I mean, I don't you know I don't take my computer in it unless I've got a you know, a bug in and a virus to, to someone to, to deal with, to clean it up. Anything like that? Is there anything worried worth we have to worry about? As far as debugging? Yeah, debugging. Or, it, exactly. I mean, it's electronic. With, yeah, with, with anything that has software on it. You know, there's software updates that are okay. required. But again, the ROI is what I look at, Brad, right. in, in understanding what is going on with that machine. Mm-hmm. It has technology on it. You know, when I'm, when I'm achieving grade up to 50% faster, I can tolerate a half hour software update yeah. and Caterpillar with the newly released just this year, um, remote services, some machines are coming with remote flash. So from a standpoint of software updates and things that has become much more streamlined and has really driven down dime, downtime where technicians do not have to make a service call visit out to that's physically awesome. touch the machine. It is being done over the air that, like you would with your cell phone. Well, that's music to a contractor's ear. It really and is. And you can tell a lot more on board now because, like I said, the machines are smarter. So it'll give you a fault code of whatever number it is, and it'll give you three or four things to check. You know, check GO4 or black wire. It might be short to ground. Check this solenoid. And here's the solenoid part number if it is that. That can all be displayed for the operator right there in the cab. So you can call the maintenance people and say, I'm getting this fault code, and it's telling me these three things. So either the dealer tech or the customer tech knows right away of this is where I should look. I'm not going to spend 30 minutes trying to diagnose it. The machine's already diagnosed the problem for me. That's unbelievable. Do we have, and we may not, so this isn't to to open up a wound, but at Caterpillar, do we have, with all the heavy technology here and the computer use of the computer chips and all that, do we have a system set up where if I'm a, if I'm an owner out there, a contractor, could I have the the numbers that I'm getting and I see on my equipment that I purchased from you? Can that be read by my dealer as well? Can he have access to that? Yeah, the dealer can see the same fault so, code um, because I give him permission through the way I set up my 
my computer portion it's, of my technology. Yeah, and it's not uncommon, Brad, to find that our dealers are actually managing oh, the I think fleet it's great. for the customers more so than the customers. Yeah. Jason mentioned the Cat Inspect app. Huge fan of the Cat Inspect app. Very proactive tool. Love it. Does a thorough inspection so nothing falls through the cracks because it's all right there on your digital device. Most the Cat Inspect app is used mostly by our dealers okay. that are managing and maintaining fleets for the customers. See, that's Again, just do it for me. Well, that's a part of the fleet management. That That's one of right. the things that I think some of these contractors, and they need to hear that. That's important for us to share that with them because a lot of, a lot of look, what are contractors good at? They're good at, again, put putting concrete in, putting asphalt in, compacting the, the ground, that kind of stuff, right? So we know that that's what they specialize. They're not necessarily the experts and 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 and, and really don't want to be on equipment, although they're familiar with it. So that's to me, that'd be a great extension of their fleet management. Many times the equipment's just the necessary evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have it because they have to have it. And then, oh gosh, now I got to even maintain this stuff. Bingo. And, and not to put down anybody out there that is very proactive because there's a large majority. And there's a lot of good do people doing that job yep. at it. Right. Um, again, this this whole podcast reason is to drive awareness and, and share how we can help you and become even better. I, I, one last question, maybe. And again, we're trying to drive uptime. We're trying to drive profitability. Have Have you guys seen the real rewards for subcontractors because they have maintained their equipment? I mean, what kind of return are some of these type of guys experiencing out there? Yeah, by far. So, I mean, just to have the machine generating revenue. You know, I always say if that machine's laid up, it's a double-edged sword. That's right. If it's not under warranty, it's probably costing mobilization to, to get a repair if you have to haul it in. It's costing you labor and parts, right? And you're not generating revenue, so now you had to move another machine out. So that that's the first thing. The ROI is huge. You know, customers are expecting more out of their machines to last longer. Um, Caterpillars, we you know prided ourselves for decades over rebuildability. Our customers um, base their life of their machines on frame hours because of how rebuildable they are, and they go for that return on investment through constant rebuilds and and again repair before failure before cat- catastrophic failure and really drive an uptime you know it's nothing to see greater than 95% uptime don't and make that, any money if it's downtime and, and that's no. what's ringing the bank you know that's right. what's ringing the cash register that's right jason any final thoughts from you on this yeah topic? if you look at a lot of our newer products i mean you'll see that we're we're also talking about maintenance probably more than what we have in the past yeah. you know with the new uh, new product introductions we've reduced our maintenance cost 15 to 25% and we've done that through either extended intervals, reducing the number of filters, making the things that you have to do and change every day, you know, in the same place. Mm-hmm. So you can walk up to a machine and there's a box and inside that box is every single filter of that machine. It takes you a lot less time to change those, to evacuate it. It's a lot more environmentally friendly. All that stuff's going into the into the new product development from Caterpillar now. Great segment guys i mean this has really been educational i think contractors will relate to this uh for all the reasons y'all have shared but your equipment is such a huge chunk of your capital usually your capital investment that you make as an owner and it's very critical that we maintain that especially and then in light of even what we've talked about in other podcasts with some of the educational deficiencies that maybe sometimes we have bring new employees in who who are bright people they just never been around construction much less equipment so anything we can do and it sounds like caterpillar is definitely tackling tackling that one to make it easier for everybody here. Well, this has been another great podcast. Hey, this is Brad Humphrey. Thank you for joining us today. And again, I want to remind you that if you are an owner or you become an, uh, an owner of a piece of equipment from Caterpillar, make sure that you check in with your dealers. I think both Lonnie and Jason gave some good advice 
on some of the things we're talking about are really available through your dealership. And if you are starting to add to your fleet and you're not ready to really manage that fleet, maybe you ought to be talking to your dealer who might be able to help you with that. Well, thank you for your time today. For more information, again, this has been sponsored by 4constructionpros.com and Caterpillar. And be sure to check out certainly the Caterpillar webpage for some of the webinars and some of the other links that may help you with some of this maintenance issues. If you also want to join us on uh, the contractor's best friend for videos and podcasts, please check us out there as well. Again, signing off. Hope you've had a great listening experience. Go out and make some money. Keep that, keep that uptime going with your equipment. Have a good day. For more information on this podcast and others that may be quite helpful to you, be sure to go to 4constructionpros.com and check out the Profit Matters channel, sponsored by Caterpillar.